Good morning, and we welcome to the program once again State Representative Randy Fry. Good morning to you, Randy. Well, good morning, Tom. Happy New Year. Yes, same to you. Hopefully you had a, a great Christmas, and uh, of course uh, it was a chilly one for sure and uh, plenty of snow. I mean, uh, if uh, if you didn't like uh, a white Christmas, then uh, I guess this wasn't uh, <laughs> this wasn't your uh, Yuletide season, so to speak. No, we had a house full of family and great time, but uh, the white Christmas is nice. Uh, white sideways Christmas was a little challenging with that wind and cold, but uh, overall I hope everyone... Uh, Made it through okay, and uh, now that the weather's going to warm up, I think the, the white stuff is going to go away pretty soon anyway, and uh, we can get back to being able to travel about and get around doing the things that we like to do. Indeed, and of course, um, we're uh, taking a look uh, ahead at the um, upcoming legislative session, among other things. And uh, of course, uh, it was it all started uh, last month with uh, Organization Day, and uh, can you give us kind of a uh, brief recap of that day? Right. Um, well, Organization Day is the official beginning of the 2023 session, and uh, that's where uh, an election year all the legislators are sworn in. So we were all sworn in on the Organization Day. And the speaker will give a speech where he outlines what he believes are the priorities for the upcoming legislative session, which he did, House Speaker uh, Todd Houston. And some of those I uh, include, uh, we're going to... Uh, look into high school and the different career paths and try to uh, help uh, young people determine uh, what area of study they'd like to uh, move into or if they want to do a uh, career in technical, if we can get them out into the workforce and get them into the, into, uh, the workshops or the, the medical field or wherever they'd like to go in the community and get them some real experience so they'll know uh, more about what they want to do. Uh, he was uh, very strong on that. I look, I look forward to that happening in the upcoming session. Um, I think property tax reform is something that we're going to work on, too. Uh, I think with the high inflation rate, you know, your property taxes are based on the assessed value of your home, and uh, that assessed value is going to go up significantly with inflation. So we need to work on that and try to uh, head that off before it becomes a real problem. So there's quite, quite a lot on the plate for uh, the 2023 session. And, of course, uh, this year is also uh, the uh, the long session, which means uh, the budget. And uh, uh, do you uh, foresee anything as far as uh, some hiccups there? Or how will uh, inflation, uh, I guess, play into it? Uh, I mean, what are we looking at here? Well, that's a good question, Tom. And uh, we'll get our uh, December um, budget estimate for the amount of money that Indiana will have to work with going into the uh, 2023 session here in the next few days. Uh, it's called the December forecast, but um, right now uh, we're sitting on about uh, $6 billion in cash reserve where uh, we normally want to retain between $1.8 and $2 So uh, there's a great deal of, of more money there than is needed, and what we do with it, we'll, we'll see. And last year, uh, we uh, returned a billion and a half dollars to the taxpayers, which is who right, rightfully is the owner of it. Um, but then there may be other projects that are uh, proposed to infrastructures and so on to try to, uh, to upgrade some of those as well. So we'll, we'll have to see. But uh, right now, it doesn't appear that we're going to have any financial issues at all, just uh, continuing to pay off uh, the state's obligations and um, continue to keep state government running and, uh, and running with a surplus. 
And, of course, that's the thing is that the, the fact that in the Indiana Constitution, you have to have a balanced budget by the end of the process, unlike in uh, Washington, where uh, you continue to see <laughs> omnibus bills and uh, you know, continuing resolutions. I know. it, And, you know, in Indiana, we uh, we have to have the budget done. Um, uh, session has to end at the end of April. The budget has to be in place and passed and signed into law by uh, the first day of July. That's when it takes effect. Uh, unlike Washington, that uh, seems to never have a, a deadline that they have to meet. We have to meet our deadline. So we in Indiana live within our means. We uh, pay our bills. We do the best that we can to keep our taxes as low as possible. And um, when we have surplus, we try to return the money back to the people from where it came. Uh, so I think Washington could learn quite a bit from Indiana. So what you're saying is there's no kicking the can down the road. It is uh, hard and fast deadlines. Well, that's right. And yeah. if we don't get it done, everything comes to a stop. And that's, that's unacceptable. We will get it done, and there'll be a, a budget bill. It'll be signed in the last, or it'll pass the last few days of April. Most likely be signed by the governor within a few days after that. And it will take effect July the 1st, 2023, to cover India for the next two years. And then uh, some other things uh, also involved here is uh, committee assignments. And uh, can you tell us uh, the uh, committees that which you're assigned to? I am, Tom. I am the chairman of the Veterans Affairs and Public Safety Committee. That's the committee I've chaired now being my 11th year, and um, I love it. I love our veterans, and I uh, love doing everything we can to look after our veterans and try to make life as, as good as possible for them, as well as public safety. Uh, so we've got some issues uh, on the table this year for both uh, public safety and our veterans. I've got a bill that I've introduced last year and introduced it again this year that exempts active duty military from Indiana income tax. Um, currently, you know, the state of Indiana exempts the reserve, the National Guard, and the retirees, but not active duty. And so uh, it doesn't seem fair, for one thing. And, uh, another thing is most of our active duty military are not in the state of Indiana. They're all over the world. And... Uh, one of the things that maybe your listeners don't know is an you know, individual who's in the military can simply declare whatever state they want as their home state. And so if you uh, don't want to pay any income tax, you declare you're from Florida or Texas or another state that doesn't have an income tax. And we lose you off of our uh, roles as a, uh, as a Hoosier. Uh, that costs us in the long run because Washington gives us money based on population. And so... Uh, in the end, instead of us losing money because we have these folks from uh, Indian income tax, um, we lose the population. And uh, so uh, to me, it's just the right thing to do to keep these uh, individuals Hoosiers and also to uh, level the playing field between the active duty and the reserve and the national room. All right. And then with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out and we'll continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. 
And welcome back as we continue our chat with State Representative Randy Fries. We're looking ahead to the upcoming uh, legislative session, which will uh, begin on uh, January 9th. And uh, Randy, uh, you have uh, some other bills that uh, in legislation that you've either filed or are uh, working on right now. I do, Tom. I've got quite a few of them. And uh, one of them uh, your listeners might be interested in uh, simply states that if an individual is convicted, of knowingly critically injuring or fatally injuring a public safety official. They will serve every second of the sentence they receive. There will be no time off for anything. And so if uh, someone injures their, a uh, firefighter or critically injures them or fatally injures uh, a police officer, then they're going to serve 100% of their sentence. Currently, people can get time off for multiple things. And uh, the, uh, our police officers came to me and asked me to file this legislation. They don't believe it's uh, the right thing to do to let somebody have time off after they've injured a, an officer, and neither do I. And uh, so uh, we'll see if this bill can get some traction, see if it can move. But I hope it can. And uh, way, I think it's important that we take a uh, strong public stand in support of our public safety officers. You know, Tom, last year down in southern Indiana on Interstate 64, we had a volunteer firefighter stop to assist a police officer. And uh, when he approached the uh, vehicle where the police officer was, the individual in the vehicle shot and killed him. The volunteer firefighter and this, this individual had never met this young man, didn't know him from anybody. He just simply shot him. So we're, uh, we're going to uh, make sure that if that individual is convicted of that crime, that they... Uh, in prison for a very long time. All right. And then uh, any other uh, pieces of legislation that uh, we should be uh, looking ahead to uh, hearing about? Yes, Tom. And, and I, I want your listeners to understand that everything we're talking about is a bill. And bills sometimes become laws and sometimes they don't. And sometimes they get changed and, and amended. Um, you know, sometimes they don't even get a hearing and it's uh, wait till next year. But I've got a bill that I based on the community crossing program. You remember community crossing is the grant program for uh, local roads and bridges for communities and counties. Well, it's a, uh, been brought to my attention multiple times, actually, that freshwater infrastructure in a lot of our communities is aging. In some cases, it's over 100 years old. In some cases, it, it has lead and mold. And uh, when communities, uh, like our local communities go to upgrade their infrastructure, it's going to cost a great deal of money, which has to be passed on to the ratepayer of those who use the water. And so, as you know, Community Crossing is a matching grant program where if you do a million-dollar project, the state will pay half and the local government will pay half. And so that's what this establishes, a $100 million grant program that would say that a community uh, like Batesville, could apply for a grant for up to a million dollars, and then they could uh, match that. So there would be a $2 million upgrade to their freshwater infrastructure. And they would be eligible to apply for that grant every year, knowing that $2 million is not going to replace an awful lot of infrastructure. But you can't do it all at once anyway. And so this would be something that you could continue to apply for over the years until we could upgrade the infrastructure. The biggest factor here is that we're trying not to pass along such an increase to the ratepayer. There's a lot of folks uh, struggling, a lot of folks on fixed income, and, uh, and so we're trying to keep the rate down, but at the same time, 
I get the infrastructure repaired, replaced. And with Indiana having surplus, we could use some of that money as opposed to um, all of it coming from the locals. Uh, it's an idea. Will it get uh, enough attention to get a hearing? I don't know. I've talked to the chairman of the Utilities Committee, and uh, he hasn't committed. Um, but as you know, Tom, I'm on the uh, Utilities Committee uh, as a, a member of the Utilities Committee, and so hopefully we can work on that as well. Um, and then I also serve on the Roads and Transportation Committee, so have an uh, opportunity to, to work on different uh, areas of government based on those committees. And, of course, uh, you know, the new session, also uh, the election uh, being done in uh, November, I have uh, some new members in the House of Representatives, particularly from uh, southeastern Indiana, um, including uh, mm-hmm. State Representative Jennifer Meltzer and also uh, State Representative Lindsey Patterson. Uh, have you had uh, much of an opportunity to uh, speak with them and maybe uh, kind of uh, go over things and uh, mentor them a little bit? I did, and uh, I've reached out to them multiple times and met them several times now at the State House for various uh, activities that we take part in. And uh, they both know that they can reach out to me if they would like and want some help. I'm happy to do that. And uh, I look forward to working with both of them. I think they're both going to be excellent representatives and do a great job of representing the people of Southeast Indiana. I look forward to working with them. But uh, I think part of it is you just kind of have to let them figure out what they uh, see the job is and how they want to uh, want to conduct it. And then if they need my help, I'm right there to help them. All right. And then, of course, another big thing as far as uh, serving in the state legislature also includes uh, constituent services. And uh, what are some uh, things as far as uh, those are concerned and uh, how people can uh, reach out to you uh, both during and after the uh, legislative session? Well, Tom, the first thing is I'm sure most people by now have received their survey. If they haven't, they will be. Uh, we do a survey every year before session, and we send those out to try to get a little feedback from the citizens about what's important to them. Um, the uh, staff sends us about 100 questions that we can select from, but you can only I think, send out six or so. And so we just select which ones we think are the most important or would be something we need to hear from uh, the most from our folks in Southeast Indiana, and those surveys are out there. They can return the survey in a hard copy. They can fill out the survey online, and uh, we read them. We read uh, the surveys. We read the data. We see where people stand on various issues. Uh, so that's one. Another is the PAGE program. If you have uh, listeners out there that have young people in their family that are in high school from age 13 to 19, they are welcome to PAGE at the State House. The PAGE program is available. They can go online now to the Indiana General Assembly PAGE program and sign up. Uh, I'd love to have them. I love my pages, and some days I have six or eight pages. I love them. I try to spend as much time as I can with them. If you're not familiar with what a PAGE does, they spend the day with us on the House floor. Uh, They help us. They do errands for us, but mostly they experience how their government works. And I can tell you that... um, when the House is in session, the only people that can be on the House floor are approved staff members, elected members, or pages. And so it's uh, pretty special that they're uh, a part of that uh, limited group. And uh, to excuse absence from school, they come up and they spend the day with us. And that's January the 9th is the first day of session, and it'll run through the end of April. So we'd love to have your students sign up for a page for me. Uh, they... Uh, if you live in another district or you want a page for a senator, you can do that as well. 
but I'm uh, happy to have uh, your young people coming to age. I love to see the pages. Uh, they learn a lot, but we also uh, learn a lot uh, from them, and they're just a delight to be around. And, uh, and going back to the uh, legislative survey, it's uh, Saturday is the deadline. Is that correct? Um, I'm, I haven't seen the survey this week. I don't know, Tom, but I, I would say that that's probably correct. Um, that data will be provided for us pretty early in session so that we know what's on the minds of the individuals out in the district. And so uh, certainly if you have a piece of legislation you're struggling with one way or the other, knowing how your district feels about it is very important. And uh, it's very helpful to me. I always appreciate re- reviewing my surveys. All right. And then uh, lastly, uh, State Representative Randy Fry uh, recently honored a longtime uh, figure in uh, both uh, Ripley County politics and uh, also a longtime office holder in uh, one uh, Ginger Bradford. We did. Um, you know, Ginger is retiring at the end of the year. She's been uh, a mainstay in county government and in uh, Ripley County for more than 30 years, a wonderful lady and someone that most of us have been touched by over the years and uh, so appreciative of her service and all those who serve in local government. And so Governor Holcomb um, awarded uh, Ginger Bradford with a Sagamore the Wabash last week. He was uh, unable to attend the presentation, so I presented it on his behalf to her, uh, along with a resolution that designated uh, the day as Ginger Bradford Day in the state of Indiana. So uh, hopefully uh, she was um, pleased with that and honored with it, and she'll take those off with great memories into her retirement and and enjoy the next uh, many years at home with her family. A wonderful lady, and it's a tremendous honor just to uh, get to know her and work with her. All right, and that's a great way to uh, wrap up this uh, program. And uh, State Representative Randy Fry, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, continued uh, success and uh, good health. And uh, look forward to talking to you uh, once the legislative session gets rolling in uh, January. I look forward to Tom. And uh, it's so uh, nice of you and WRBI to allow us to come on and talk to the listeners about uh, what's happening in their state government. I hear all the time where uh, people in the Batesville area and east and south, they get Cincinnati news. They don't get a lot of Indianapolis news, so they don't know a lot about what's happening in the Indiana General Assembly. But uh, they can watch Indianapolis news on their computer by going to the website of the news uh, stations in Indy. But they can also listen to us on uh, WRBI and catch up each each week about what's happening in their General Assembly. And I'm very happy to do that and appreciative of you and the radio station for having me on.